to clap. Welcome to Nurse Practitioners Changing Practice. I'm Dr. Carol Berger. Hi, I'm Dr. Nina Zimmerman. Welcome. We are so happy to continue this conversation with you. Um, last week, we finished up talking about the three Ps and um, the difficulties that, that uh, nurse practitioner students have uh, coming into those core courses. And now we're going to talk a little bit about preceptorship, those clinical courses, how to find a preceptor, you know, um, should I pay for a preceptor? What, right. what should I expect? And some of the fears that students have um, going into that, uh, that mode. Right, right, exactly. And you're lead of one of the clinical courses. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. Course. So, um, you know, when you, if you are an MSN or MSN to DMP student, you, you ha- it depends on your curriculum and how your program is set up. But basically, actually, my recommendation is you start thinking about and contacting preceptors when you are applying to the program. And when you find out what year or what time, depending on if you're bringing in classes that are approved from another, um, you know, from another program that you did, you know, the important thing to ask when you are going through the admission process is, when do I start clinicals? Is it a year from now? Is it 18 months from now? And you start that early. Yeah, you really do have to. You do. You have to start early. And I have precepted many students and I, as a preceptor, will get booked out two years in advance. Right. I'm only allowed to have so many students by the employer that I have. Yes. So therefore, um, and sometimes preceptors are limited um, to only be able to take uh, students that are from their um, um you know, health system, health system. Yeah. Yes. Like you work for a certain health system. They only want you to take students and every system is a little different, but as a student, when I was a student, I started looking around at the NPs that came around to the floor yes. where I was working and started asking and networking and trying to set up who I could go to well in advance of the courses. Right. I did the same thing. And, um, you know, you know, start with where you work. If there's any NPs or MDs that are in the concentration that you are pursuing. So um, if you are, if you're an adult Jero acute care student, obviously, you know, you, you maybe have the background of being in the ICU uh, or urgent care or ED. You need to find out what it, what you can do and who you can contact per your uh, um, per your workplace. Some workplaces will make you go through an education department that you can't directly you know contact um, um, uh, preceptors. Yeah, you have to sometimes go through. You have to go through a process, find out early what that process is. And then um, there's gonna be contracts involved. There'll be contracts involved. So you have to go through your, um, you have to find out if there's a clinical contract with your university or mem- they call them MOUs, Memorandum of Understanding. Um, so kind of, you know, try to find that out early. Um, try to find out if, I, I can't imagine any program will allow you to do this, but couple things you need to know. You may not be paid while you do clinicals and you most likely will not be able to work with um, a provider that you work with or has any influence over your schedule or your performance. 
um, your so I mean, like, even like if you're in a hospital and you work on the fifth floor, you may not be able to do any type of shadowing or, you know, right. not, not shadowing isn't the right word, but precepting right. on that floor that you work, maybe somewhere else in the hospital with right. a different type of provider. Right. With, so, so there is conflict of interest there. Right. And there's, and the reason it's important for you to know why. So, you know, it, you, it would not be in your best interest if you knew your preceptor, because they may not give you a fair evaluation. They may not evaluate you objectively, positively or negatively. Well, let's say you knew this preceptor and when he, they were precepting you, it was a horrible experience. And since they know you really well, they were especially hard or tough with you and you didn't get a fair evaluation or the opposite. The opposite. It's a friend or somebody and they're like, oh, you don't really have to do anything autonomously. You can just follow me around and shadow me. Shadowing is not your, you know, clinical no, experience. Clinical experience, you should be involved in some way, uh, involved with that patient care um, examining that patients, coming up with differential diagnosis, coming up with plans. If you don't think about it, I mean, now when I started as an NP, the hours were 500, but I do believe they are now skewing up to up to around. Yeah, they're, they're, that's, it's possible it's going to be a, get approved that it'll have to be 750 hours. And some, it just depends on the, on the program. That I mean, you're looking about, that's not really that's not very many hours that's not very many hours physician goes through hour wise um yeah. it's not even a drop in the bucket so when you think in 750 hours you have to be a provider you have to be ready to yeah, go that many hours um, that's not that many hours and so going back just a little ways okay so you're starting to network i mean think of your pediatrician think of your a woman's health doctor i literally went to my women's health doctor and he was my priest scepter, um, you know, because they're hard to find, you know, and um, we didn't have a relationship. I only saw them like once a year. But I mean, you can ask people that are right. your physicians or your child's uh, p- pediatrician. Those are, they're difficult. It's very difficult to find yeah. needs. Be prepared that you might have to go out of state and stay outside, uh, you know, somewhere else for a period of time or travel to get those hours. Yeah. Um, and you're going to have to write hundreds of letters. Yeah, you know? you'll have to do. Um, it's really important to make contact, professional contact. So what that means is, um, it depends on where you go to where you go to your MP program. They may have um, some suggestions of people to email or office to contact, or you can't, or they may say you can't contact them. Somebody else on behalf of the university has to contact them first. It's important, number one, to know the process of all that. Number two, just like Dr. Berger said, think about your, you know, your resources of how you know different providers. Um, um, Also join some organizations as a student. Like we have a local St. Louis uh, nurse practitioner group that does a lot of um, mentoring and and um, and preceptorships for students. Those are really important um, to find out how you can network. Join some different social networking groups that can give you suggestions on who to contact in your area. Right. So start early, and then once you have somebody that says, "Yeah, in a couple of years, I'll put you down on my calendar." it's really important to maintain that relationship, right? So if I have a student that contacts me and says, if I, can I be with you in a year? 
and I don't hear from them, right. I don't hear from them, then I think, well, if they're not contacting me, maybe they don't need me anymore. So that means if you set up with somebody in a year or, you know, whatever time period, um, you don't want to badger that person, but every couple of months, you should just send out an email um, um, or a text or some way to pr- contact them, however they want you to contact them, just to say, I just want to let you know, you know, yeah, now it's going to be three, yeah. six months away. Is, is it still okay? So that you know. So um, that's and really sure important. you dress professionally, you act yeah. professionally. And like Dr. Zimmerman was saying, you know, when you're a preceptor, you are, you're going to still be seeing the same amount of patients every day. Now you've got an added person you're going to try to teach. Most preceptors are not getting paid or any CEUs or any credits to do what they're doing. So it's going to take them longer during the day to get their day done because right. they're taking uh, the time to be with you. So be professional, be prepared. Yes. Um, don't, don't, they don't expect you to know everything, but they do expect you to be able to go in there and get some good information, come out with some ideas of your own. Yes. And they expect you to not get it right. Right. You know, if you got everything right, why would you need, why would you do preceptorship? Right. 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 Or clinical. Yes. So all that's important. And, you know, asking when you apply to a, a, you know, to apply to a program, get all that up information up front. Most programs are going to talk to you when you first start the program or when you are um, even admitted, they may even ask you to have a plan when you, um, when you apply of who you're going to contact or how you're going to, you know, find preceptors. Um, some pro part of making a decision about a program, some programs will help you find a preceptor. Some programs don't have those resources. Some programs will assist you if you aren't able to find a preceptor. I mean, it really comes down to- program is different. Yeah, it is the responsibility of the program to make sure that you have um, appropriate clinical sites. It just depends on if they ask you to search for those uh, sites first. Because basically, if we assigned you, if the university assigned you to preceptors, it may not be the experience you want. You know, it may not be in the area you want. So take advantage of you scheduling those preceptors. Find out what the guidelines are at the university. Maybe you can do 60 specialty hours outside of your scope of practice in that um, in that program, you know? Um, so all those things are really important, but don't wait. Start yeah. early, but like even like when you even are starting to apply, you know, you want to make sure you have, have relationships set up. You need to have backup plans too. So when I was in preceptors school, preceptors get sick. Preceptors get sick. I when I was in school over 15 years ago, I had two wonderful preceptors. One of my preceptors I knew from um, from uh, had just a working relationship, and she was a great preceptor. But only about four weeks in, her collaborating physician said no more students. So now I didn't have her as a preceptor four weeks into the semester. So I had to pivot. I had another preceptor. You might have somebody that'll change. Yeah. That maybe, right. That maybe will take you for more hours or, you know, so you have to, you have to know that those things could happen. You know, it's not the end of the world. I mean, it, it seems like it now, but it may be if something happens with your preceptors that you get a delayed grade because you've got to finish those hours the next semester or, 
depends on the curriculum. You may have multiple semesters at the end to finish your clinicals on a continuum, but be prepared that sometimes you have preceptors lined up and people are get sick. They leave the practice. They are maternally leave. There's a pandemic, you know, COVID has been a real challenge. Oh my gosh. Poor students um, just. The other thing too is make sure when you're in that clinical, people think that once they're in the clinical, oh, I've got it now. Yeah. Check in with your preceptors because as a preceptor, I have not passed students at times. Yes. And as a teacher, I have had students who have not passed their clinical uh, preceptorship from their preceptor's point of view. Yeah. So if the preceptor doesn't pass you, then you don't pass that particular course. Right, right. The grade is still in the responsibility of the faculty, but it's, you know, they take into, consider, into consideration how the preceptor exactly. grades you, right. evaluates you, and um, they take into consideration if there's a problem with the relationship or other things happen, that's a different situation. But it's just, if we can tell and you anything. Case with your preceptor, make sure that yeah. you're like, where do you think I'm at? Yeah, you know, communicate do that. Catching, do you think I'm catching on? Am I asking the right questions? Right. You know, um, a preceptor always likes, um, they, they're taking the time to teach you. So they want you to be engaged and they can tell if you're engaged. Um, you don't always have to be right, no. but they want to see that your thinking patterns are starting. You know, if they give you an assignment, some preceptors do, they right. want you to look up these things so that you're more prepared the next time when you see that again and report back to them. Well, that's okay. That's yeah. good. That's, that's good. A good thing. And the other, just the last tip is no matter what you want to, um, um, my recommendation is it may not be built in the curriculum. It is in ours, but make sure you have a time to do an orientation before you really jump into clinical so that you know, you know, are you supposed to dress in scrubs? What, how are you supposed to dress? Um, um, ask if you can do, you know, um, you know, an hour or so and get to meet the, the staff at the practice. And maybe you can, you know, shadow the preceptor um, that first day or something so that you get used to the practice, be prepared, be on time. If you can't attend for a reason, you need to contact your preceptor or the, or the clinical site and let them know that you can't attend. You know, this is, this is a professional relationship. This isn't just you show up when you want to show up. And you Some, can, yeah, yeah. I mean, I will say as a preceptor too, there's nothing more disheartening than somebody that just doesn't come. Right, right, exactly. And that may even, you know, be um, a problem for your grade and your evaluation if that happens, right? Um, or if it, you're working nights, I've had that too. Uh, oh, yeah. Nights, and then they're falling asleep at the the site they're precepting in. Right. And I've had the preceptors call me as um, uh, you know an instructor and say, "I just don't think they're you know getting the experience exactly." Yet. Exactly. And so everybody is just looking out. When you're in those clinical courses, you're getting close to being done. Right. And so we are looking that you are getting the skills you need to be a beginning nurse practitioner right? and be safe. That's and, our, our goal. And the last thing I would say is it's a first interview when you're with, in a practice, they may be looking for a nurse practitioner. So they're, they're wanting to know how you do in clinical. You may be, you, it may be possible that, that your clinical experience will lead to your first job. Your first job. That happens. So more than it happens a lot. So you want to, it doesn't mean, you know, everything, if that's not what it means, it means you're professional, you're, you're professional to the teachable. staff. 
yes, you're helpful. You, um, you know, you are open to learning. I mean, all of that is what, what preceptors want to see. They, I don't expect my students to know everything. My students even teach me things sometimes. That's why I love to be a preceptors and that's okay too. So, you know, just take it in stride, but start early. Make sure you have a, make sure you know what the rules are, where you work to contact preceptors, find out at the university where you're attending, you know, when, you know, when the clinical preceptor information is going to be um, um, turned in and, you know, do they help with preceptors? Make that a question for admissions for you, you know, where you decide to go. Um, That's a big factor. Um, So all those things taken into consideration. I do know that there are some services that you can hire a preceptor. They're very expensive. Some students end up doing that. There may be rules at your university that you can or cannot do that. You know, so find out all of that. Find out all of that in advance. Be prepared. Be persistent. Network. And make network. it a good fit between you and that preceptor because Quite honestly, we can teach you everything in school and you will get a good basic foundation, but where the real learning, uh, where the skid hits the road is in that preset. Oh, in clinical, you put everything together in clinical. It's so important. And And that's what I hear over and over from the students in their clinical experiences. Oh my gosh, I have learned so much in these past eight or 16 weeks. I can't even begin to tell you how much. And that's because they're beginning to really, truly apply what they're learning and starting to gain that um, experience and starting to feel like in the beginning of it, they do feel like a a deer in headlights and they just don't know what, if they can do this by the end of their clinical rotations, they usually are much more confident. They know their limitations. Mm -hmm. They've, They've gotten an eye opening experience, but they also feel confident that they're going to be okay. Right. Exactly. This is a great I love watching. I love watching that transformation. I do. I do. You're going to learn so much. Clinical is, I'm sure it's, you know, it is stressful, uh, the unknown, but you will apply and everything really starts to come together when you do clinical. So Absolutely. be prepared, start early, network, find out what the rules are, find out, you know, even when you're looking for a, um, a, a, a program, find out if they're going to help you. What, how do they help you find a preceptor? What is it, you know, what is the university going to provide? What, how is your healthcare system? Is it available? Um, is there some kind of process involved and keep in touch with that preceptor, establish a relationship or professional relationship with them. Those are key points. Key and points. ask, like, you know, if you know, if you know some NPs that are coming into your work, ask them, who do you know? Who would you recommend? Who yeah. Precepting? Yeah. Uh, make a list and get their email address, get their phone number. Right. Right. So you can touch base with them. If you're going cold turkey up into offices, I would suggest start with the office managers because usually right. you can't direct, you know, right, right. to a preceptor. They're, you know, they have a process that they have to go through to vet you. That's right. That's okay. right. And it's all a process. It takes time. It's not something that you're going to be able to do at the last minute. Nope. You have to, pr- you have to start searching and um, um, trying to find and secure your preceptors early, early, early. 
Well, again, we have uh, had a wonderful conversation. Can't wait uh, for next week. We will talk more about the student experience and different things, uh, tips that we can bring to the table. Please check out our website, which is npschangingpractice.com. Uh, we have lots of things there for you to explore, to learn, um, to help you in your uh, journey of learning. Uh, we will talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.